0: Can you imagine how much I love you? I know the only one for me could ever be you. My heart won't free you and my arms won't try. Thank you. You're beautiful. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what that's from? No. What is it? It sounds familiar. Do you know what it's from? No. I just like the who. <laughs> <laughs> that's from uh, HP, like a brown sauce commercial from the 80s. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally. <laughs> I should know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's man.
1: Funny. Matt, thank you very much for opening up the show with uh, a jingle, commercial jingle for <laughs> the, the first time. Jingle. I love it, man. Uh, Jim, we've got a special show today, Matt. This is awesome. The one we've, I think, been waiting for a long time. For a long, long time. So yeah. everybody that's listening that wants to know a lot about apprenticeships, we've got Matt Bradley from OYAP, Ontario Youth
0: Apprenticeship Program. program.
1: Yeah. That's it. So we're going to talk a lot about the program, the system, teachers, yeah, education, schooling. We're going to talk a lot.
0: Yeah very exciting
1: <laughs> this is gonna be good it's gonna be good i think jim you got a lot like a number of questions right well i just
0: yeah but let's let's you know let, yeah, let no, let's let matt introduce let's, so himself like, well, we're gonna
1: we're gonna turn it over to you matt you you start the show you run us down the show matt.
0: okay so uh should i just talk about how i got into this, is this yeah for sure well right.
1: hang on before you start let me do, i don't even do the credentials man oh, geez, triple yeah. dot com. You could actually reach Matt, reach Matt at Matthew.Bradley at O-Y-A-P-T-D-S-B. Oh,
0: hold up, hold up. Yeah, so the email address is actually Matthew.Bradley at dot O-N dot Oh, it's flipped
1: around the other way. They, no,
0: there's no O-Y-A-P in the email address. Gotcha. Yeah,
1: okay, yeah. so I'll just remove that there. Yeah. And then your phone number, and this is really nice, that so you're giving up your own mobile number to get a hold of.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 647 647- Brilliant. 467 9744 four.
1: and then on ig you guys find them at uh o-y-a-p-t-d-s-b yeah and then they're also on twitter That's same right. handle yeah. yeah okay now let's get off to the races man
0: okay so i mean i can, I, I work for the tdsb and uh, i work in the OYAP department which is the ontario youth apprenticeship program and uh, we have a it's a really exciting it's it's sort of like a dream job for me because before i did this i was a carpentry teacher And before I did that, I was a carpenter. Before I did that, I was a cabinet maker. And then, you know, going back to where I was, like leaving high school, I I went to university. I studied philosophy at U of T. I didn't really know why?
1: <laughs> but it comes in handy,
0: though, doesn't why it? Why did I do that?
1: That's actually kind of funny, man. It, it, like, it took me four years to figure
0: out why I went to university. and then I, I hear that a lot from university <laughs> students, right? After their yeah. parents
1: have spent
2: hundreds of thousands. Exactly, yeah. So, okay, so but I don't regret
0: that. I don't regret that. I you got, still got something out yeah, of it. Yeah, and I, I got enough to get an entry-level job at a bank. I worked at Nesbitt Burns. I worked there for about a year. And then I moved to London, England, and I worked in pension fund at Schroeder's. I had a good little run in the financial industry, but then I sort of came to the realization, I had to make a decision whether I wanted to stay in pension funds, like living in London, England, or move back. And my company was like, you know, we'll sponsor you. And like, it just, for me, working in finance was not satisfying because the whole thing was just looking at spreadsheets. The product at the end of the day, (laughs)
1: i'm hearing the goose out there yeah just just interrupt you there but so how many years into the financial industry i was three
0: years and three three years and you finally realize that this isn't for me yeah just watching like the whole product was making the numbers go up that was the the product of, of your work for the day was making the numbers go up there is something valuable in in providing pensions for people like for That's sure. a significant thing there's no question about that on a personal level it wasn't satisfying for me so i moved away from england and got mixed up with my wife and we moved to calgary i was just noodling around i ended up sort of transitioning from finance into web and this all sort of relates because you like
2: I, a, like a nomad right yeah <laughs> yeah on. i mean i like i
0: have this thing where i like you know i'll go 100% and then just hold off Turn 90 degrees and go a different That's direction. Funny.
1: And she's fine with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay.
0: So then I went, ended up going, working at Excite Canada, which is a Rogers property, doing their financial website, personal finance, like stocks, that kind of stuff. How this relates to construction is the company went, like they folded Excite and gave us all um, pack- pack- or- They gave us packages. Yeah. And I used that money to go to Humber College and study cabinet making. That sort of like paid my tuition, gave me a little bit of money in the bank.
1: How was Humber?
0: Honestly, it was phenomenal. Okay. It was really this good. This would have
1: been when, Like what?
0: This was uh, like... Mid 2000? Yeah, no, early 2000. Early yeah. two. It may have been actually been 2000. So that, why I think it was good is just because the instructor was phenomenal. The head instructor's name is Mark Patterson and... Uh, is he still there? No, he left just recently. One of the things that I'll always sort of carry with me from that time is in addition to like... The fundamentals of cabinet making and measuring and marking and the sort of craft that's involved with that is that he was the first teacher that I ever had that actually like looked right at me and said you're not giving this 100% like I can see you have like floated through your whole life getting the job done and not really giving it a hundred percent he called you out. he totally <laughs> called me out and I was just like wow that like it was it was the most first instructor to thing. ever do that yeah absolutely because I mean I'm a smart enough guy. I didn't really have to try in high school. and But for something like cabinet making, which was a new thing for me, you know, always good with tools. But the difference between sort of calling it in and giving 100% is a huge difference. And uh, I sort of take that, I, I carry that with me because it is applicable to everything, I think. I think it is 100%, for sure, For sure. Yeah.
1: Especially in construction.
0: Yeah. So oh. then I got into the construction world. I had my own business and cabinet making. And then we started branching out into like... Carpentry, renovations, that type of stuff, and uh, in the end, if I didn't have a kid, I had a kid in two thousand six, and that sort of changed things for me. Like my perspective really changed then, because I had a, I had like six people in the shop, I had like you know two crews running renovations. I was really tapped out, and one. <laughs> One of the advice that I'll give, to, uh, the, I mean, if I was going to give myself advice, uh, starting out as a contractor, like get a good accountant, get a good bookkeeper. <laughs> and, a uh, man, we, we keep <laughs> saying
1: this, man. There's more paper than building. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Like that really was what, I think that's what did me in. Like I was just burning it, like giving a hundred percent to the job and then, you know, Forgetting having dinner with my wife answer. and then just like looking at all, like doing quotes at night and then. You know, the stress of having to do your taxes and looking through like, you know, Rubbermaid bins full of invoices. and Paper all over yeah. the dinner table. We well, all start that way. You know, right? Everybody yeah. does it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Get a bookkeeper, get an accountant, run it right. Like have regular meetings with your bookkeeper. What yeah. was the name of the
1: business back then?
0: Constructs Design Build. We had a website, but it's, like, long gone. I think someone, someone <laughs> took the URL. Well, you made another turn, <laughs> yeah, right? So yeah, you yeah. kept on going. All right. So then my wife at that point was a teacher, and she had some friends that she um, went to high school with that were technology teachers. And I had never heard of this. It never even occurred to me that I could go into teaching. But her her friend explained to me, like, and back then, this was, it was an amazing program. It was at Queen's University. So I was... Like I decided to fold up my business, and then I was working for other people. I remember I was working for Moore, Moore Park Homes. I don't know if you know that. I know, him, yeah. Like Rob Sargent, he's a great guy. And uh, I ended up with him on June 30th, and then I started Teachers College at Queens, like I think second of July. Back then, when I went in, I could go to teacher. I went to Teachers College for eight weeks, and then I started teaching in September.
2: Wow,
1: this would have been in mid 2000s, or
0: this would yeah mid 2000s, yeah. Wow. Okay. And, then, and and I did it on what's called a letter of permission, and okay. I worked at like an adult school, Scarborough Center for Alternative Studies. In but that's like,
2: because you already had your apprenticeship behind you, right?
0: Well, that's interesting. Is that I didn't know. Oh, okay. Like I had wagering experience. Was there any conflicts or like they just they were open to you teaching? Like getting into teaching. Yeah. Like getting into teacher's college. Yeah. So it's interesting, and there's a whole bunch of teachers' college that still do technological education teachers. Certificates and there's there's a difference. So, you know, if you go to to U of T, you'll, you'll be getting a Masters of Education. If you go to York, you might be getting a Bachelor of Education. But then there's programs like at Queens where you can get a Diploma of Education. So, if like Manny, I don't know if you went to university or not. I
1: went to Ryerson, right? Right. But yeah.
0: So like as a wage earning, like a I mean, someone like you could go to Queens as as someone who has many, many years of experience in the construction industry and become a tech teacher. Oh, really, huh? And wow. you would you would get a diploma of education from Queens, but that would give you the credentials to go teach in a shop.
1: Interesting. That is very interesting.
0: And and we, uh, it's really unfortunate because I think it was 2013, they shifted to two years Teachers College. The tap of tech ed teachers really turned Turn. off at that point. Okay, so wait right. a minute.
1: So that was then, but now you uh, have to do the two years of... Teachers College?
0: Well, so two years, they call it four consecutive terms. So there are still programs where you can go and start, I think it is you start in May, and then you finish off the following June, maybe, something like that. So it's like basically four consecutive terms of four months. And Okay. But it's a year of loss earnings. So th- that's significant. That is a huge mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And then they actually saw was- a loss
2: in teachers. Oh. Well, that'd be a d de- a deterrent for the, for the guy that wants to actually do it.
0: He's not going to lose a wage for a year. That's so. hard. It's yeah. really hard right yeah so yeah. like for me when I went I was literally a month without a paycheck but a year man a year is a big difference yeah and then I of course when I did that was called the internship program and I went back the following summer finished up teachers college and then I got my my like full OCT it's called Ontario College of Teachers diploma or standing whatever and then that got you into teaching and then that got me into teaching and uh, where did you begin I started at the Scarborough Center for Alternative Studies okay. doing the Fix-it Shop which is a pre-apprenticeship program that sort of feeds into the Local 27 Carpenters Union. It was a real wake-up call. Like it was a, it was a like baptism by fire for me because I went from <laughs> from like a job site working with like a crew of like five guys into having a shop full of 40 kids. Like, they're There's not 40 kids, kids huh? They, this oh, this true. was like yeah, an adult know. program, right? So it's 21 and up. And there was 40 of them at a time. And Whoa. so I would be like teaching six hours a day. And then, you know, before I eat lunch, I would just like form a line, come and ask your questions. And there'd be like 20 people like they would just have to do it nice and orderly. Ask your question. Yes, yes, no. Next person. <laughs> it was really, really challenging. What but were these also, students
1: starting out? Like what was can you give us just a, a brief
0: yeah, like they just decided that they wanted to become carpenters. Okay. So and no, some
1: with no skill
0: level at all. Absolutely. And and there's still lots of pre-apprenticeship programs that are like this. But, and you know what's really great is that I you know I'm up at the local 27 carpenters union, and we'll talk about that later on and maybe in the show. But one of my students from SCAS that I taught in pre-apprenticeship is now a union instructor. Nice. Which is really cool. What's his name? His name's Liam. I'd, I'd have to really look into my how brain. old would Did Liam be Liam I'm gonna say he's probably 38 now I think I know him. I think I've met him do you really yeah I think I think that's well, a he's, unique enough name in Canada yeah, right I, that, I think
2: he's been at
1: the uh the gala before oh has he really I think so. that's yeah. interesting Mm-hmm. Maybe he's listening. and He comes, reaches out to you, man. Alien. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now forty kids, man. That's a lot.
0: They're bad. not kids, brother. know yeah. oh,
1: <laughs> like you call me a kid. You know, we all, I call the guys in their twenties kids, <laughs> yeah. right? They're not my kids. I got yeah. no. But there was a full range. Full, yeah.
0: full range. There was like twenty-one year olds who didn't finish high school and wanted to get the six credits and then move into the carpenter union. Then there's people from overseas who are like architects. who didn't have their qualifications weren't recognized like i want to get in the building industry like hook me up
1: i'm curious matt like the students what were you noticing from the students because you had such a wide range of people coming in here could have been some that had some experience coming been some that were completely green what were you noticing like what kind of individuals were wanting to get into construction Uh,
0: so at that time like i have to say it was probably related to the recession Okay. There was a lot of people that uh, just needed a job. That were that were sort of like pivoting um, and they thought that this was a good time. Unfortunately, the recession hit the carpenters union as well. So it wasn't yeah. you know, there was it was a it was tough.
2: I get, so my question out of that would be out of the forty, how many actually went through with it? To go into union carpenter or to go into construction? Just get into con- some kind of construction.
0: I would say at least twenty.
2: At least 20
0: yeah.
1: 50% And, yeah. then,
2: uh, and then, then the next question for me would be How many out of those 20
1: actually Built a career th-
2: Yeah Like you know they'll start it and go for a month and go, oh, You know what this really isn't It's really in for me Because mm-hmm. it's right. funny because
1: the numbers at George Brown are a lot Are dramatically a lot less right You start off with I don't know maybe 30-40 kids But then you're ending up with less than Well 10. we hear it all the time I mean, I mean, You know like we take on co-op kids
2: every, <clears> every year And you know for the last four years Not one has ever made it.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow.
2: It's a little scary, huh?
0: Okay, that's interesting. So
2: now I don't know. At you know, at this point, they're in grade twelve. So some of them are seventeen. Some Mm -hmm. of them, and again, like.
1: But I I think this is
2: where this is where this is this is where I struggle with why why have they waited till grade twelve to feel like or think that well maybe I can work with my hands. Mm. Like, why aren't you, again, going back in grade seven, yeah. eight, having industrial arts, learn to use your hands and go, you know what? I can really do this. Yeah. I mean, you're only 14 at the time, but your brain's starting to develop that you, mm-hmm. Hey, I like building stuff. Right.
0: Well, so I think the teacher's college thing sort of plays it. Like the, we're talking about the same thing because the reason why the students don't get the opportunity to do tech ed in every school is because the, we don't have the tech teachers anymore to fill right. the shops to give them the opportunities.
1: So it's like you were saying off mic that it's it's not necessarily the <laughs> facilities, it's the actual instructors. We need we need uh, instructors, tech
0: ed teachers oh. for sure.
1: But then now with the recent change where you need to get the four terms, yeah. So but you, you give up harder. a year a year of it. Like, is there a way that we can try to change that somehow so it's not a year of loss?
0: I, w- I would. I think
1: out of government that if was... anyone
0: from government, there's there's, there's um, there should be an incentive for some reason we, we need we need tech teachers like i think the is ministry, the government offering
1: anything right now they're not offering if you want to become an instructor for tech
0: there are ways you can sort of wiggle um, your way you can through. wiggle it a little bit they there is something called the letter permission where someone who actually doesn't hold a ontario college of teacher certificate could teach a class like you know, if there was a demonstrated need, say at Western Tech, for a carpentry teacher, the principal could legally, you know, if they've gone through all the proper channels of trying to hire someone, they can legally get, you know, someone like you or Jim in to teach the class. I mean, see, I think that's the no-brainer. That makes a lot you of sense. You should have
2: be able. You <laughs> should be able to go to local twenty-seven and mm-hmm. say, "Hey, Jim, you know, I'm not with twenty-seven, but let's just say." He's 57 years old, 58 years old. Now, you know, I, I can't swing this anymore. My arms are killing me. I'd love to teach. Why can't you make that
1: simple? Well, I think that construction industry is the one industry that I believe that every single person that gets in and is passionate about it, they eventually want to mentor right. or teach or educate others. I just find the red tape gets in the way of everything. I agree with you on right? that. So yeah. they make it harder for us to pass it on.
0: They do. And I think there's a lot. One of the things that... Um, talking about apprenticeship in the in the larger sense I I know by listening to the show and you know watching the show that you did years ago that you guys are really passionate about sharing the information and and it's so clear like there is no reason why you couldn't be engaged training formal apprenticeships like in a registered apprentice sense and there's a lot of misunderstandings about that like I think there was a red seal carpenter kid on here before and he was saying that you know, you have this much experience. You're not allowed to train in a registered training. You can't have a registered training agreement. You can't have an apprentice, a registered apprentice that you're mentoring. But that's unfortunately not. That's, well, very fortunately, not the case. There's something called a sponsor agreement. And, you know, you have to have a, like, depending on what the trade is, like, so, for example, if you're an electrician, you can only mentor someone or be a journey person to an apprentice if you have the C of Q. Because right. it's a compulsory trade, yeah,
1: and it's only one at a time, one to one, yeah, yeah. And that's that's the other issue that I have, right? Because why can't it be? And, and not specifically like electrician, maybe one, but there's other trades that you could probably have more than one.
0: If you want, if you're talking about after school, you ha- it's a one to one. Okay, but OEAP is exempt from the ratios. So if you you know if you're an electrician and you have uh, an electrical apprentice, you know maybe their second term, you can take an OEAP student or two. Oh, that's there's no prohibition against taking that. I mean, what we what the the biggest uh, impediment to that is typically like this number of seatbelts in the truck. Right. That's like for electrical anyway. But in in a voluntary trade like General Carpentry, which, you know, if you look at the, you know, C of Q, both of you guys could challenge that exam and get it. No problem. Like you've done everything backwards and forwards and you know the code. Um,
1: we pretend to,
0: yeah. There, there, there's a provision in—it's uh, not in the Apprenticeship Act, but it's in the actual policy—that if you like, look at the sponsor form for how you become a sponsor, which is the technical term for like a someone who's taking a registered apprentice. There's a provision that if you have, you know, the same number of years experience, you can take a registered apprentice. I'm gonna be hitting you guys up. For, no, no, for, for sure. Forms to no, take no. Some for, yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. If you want to, well, then actually, we, uh, you know, if you send it to me, I'll include it in the description of the podcast when we post it, yeah. and I'll actually put the link in there, right? So sure. if anybody else out there that's interested in doing that, and you have got those years and you can challenge it, mm-hmm. then by all means, we're going to encourage you to do it.
0: And also, I mean, you probably both know that you can challenge the Red Seal exam for carpenter yeah, if you want. That to. one I
1: know about as well too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, that's how
0: I got my Red Seal in general carpentry. You challenged them? I challenged it, yeah.
1: All right, so we're all about a table picking fights, right? That's yeah. what we're all about here. <laughs> <laughs> Get in construction, pick a fight, and win, yeah. right? But no, no, it, so it's good to hear that. It's really good to hear that you can do these things, and there's lots of opportunities for us older guys to share it and pass it down to other guys, uh-huh. right?
0: Well, it's, it's interesting because, like, I try and engage employers on a regular basis, and we're always, like, we go through times, like, twice a year where we have a list of students that are dying to get in the trades and then we have to hook them up with employers and it's really hard because you have a list like what are we talking about here how many so like for example um we have a program that just started at the beginning of february there's like 200 kids in it it's called the accelerated OEAP. and these are kids that are all getting their level one in a certain trade like they're like for example we have about 40 electricians and they're going to Humber College or George Brown getting their level one they're like basic and then you know signing a registered training agreement with an employer and then looking to start their apprenticeship like boom right then. So where is the speed bump the employer? So the speed bump is the employer yeah like we so I've got this list of say 40 electricians and 20 HVAC like refrigeration air conditioning systems mechanic apprentices we need to get them sponsors and it's really hard because we have a list of who we've used before and sometimes they don't want to take them sometimes they've already got one reasons um, and this see is- you know what okay sorry this is see
2: i've never heard of this this is all new to me as well and and, and so i guess that's the next question is like you know, lack of a better word like how do you market this how do you how do you let us know that they're all there like you have a you have a list of a chosen few that you call constantly. and mm-hmm. But there's so many others of
1: us out there. Yeah. And and I've never heard of this. So how do we get on? We just contact you and we you get contact on that me, list.
0: You contact me. I mean, if you're not in the GTA or you're not in Toronto, you can contact me and I'll put you in contact with the OYAP oh yeah, coordinator in your area. Like we're all pals and we share information all the time. So I'm happy to make that connection. If you decide that you, if you're anywhere in Ontario... And you want to take an OEAP student, let me know, and then I'll connect you with the coordinator.
2: So does OEAP place the students in Humber College, George Brown, stuff like that? Or do you guys actually start, do you teach them, then place them?
0: So the programs are, so we have 15 of these different, acceler- like, so there's 15 trades that you can do an accelerated OEAP in, okay. in the TDSB. And it's like auto service technician, Baker, Construction craft worker with 183. So like a laborer. Yeah. Right. Child and youth worker. Child development practitioner. Cook. Drywall. Electrician. Floor covering technology. Or floor covering installer. General carpenter. uh, Refrigeration, air conditioning systems mechanic. Plumber. Hairstylist. Terrazzo tile and marble setter. And truck and coach.
1: Man, you can build a house. Yeah. And get your hair cut. I know. Yeah.
0: (laughs) like you guys have got it covered man we do we there's there's uh, there's no i mean if you want to get into the trades and you're in a tdsb school like this is such a great opportunity and it's grown like in since COVID started from 2018 to 2019 our program is like up 50 percent oh wow just the accelerated program
1: is this a sign from the 2000 recession or is it because like
0: no i mean i think it i mean to be honest i think students realize that um like life in their in an office job is pretty much the same as their life in covid where they're just sitting at a computer all day 100 right and, and wow they, that's a good way, it... way to put it
1: I re- <laughs> yeah i read an article two years ago i read an article where those young guys in their early 20s were fed up with the office environment mm-hmm. because it was soul draining yeah. they wanted something more and then they started getting into trades
0: i say i work in an office. So you don't have to. That's what I tell the kids when I'm going around to do an (laughs) apprenticeship, because I mean, for a lot of students, they don't want to do that at all. It's so how
2: come, so can you get them before they're 21? Like I was lucky. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wasn't going to university. I was hired at a, I already had a job before I finished in at Western in the HVAC. Yeah, I got hired right away. Like you know, in April they came in and go, "Okay, I want you, you and you." Boom, local yeah. thirty. I was there. I started as soon as they finished school, and off I went.
0: Okay, so but he- I knew.
2: But but I knew. And then all my buddies at that time, we were you know, we were just turning eighteen. We knew this is what it was we a wanted. different time we though, right? right? Like Do, right? You're, you're
1: competing with so many different career choices now. Well, it's true.
2: And then in the eighties, then. The tech world came, the IT world, or whatever, and then nobody ever wanted to swing a hammer again. And
1: so, why do you right think, now, Matt, that it's increased fifty percent over the last funny year and a half of what's been going on?
0: I mean, in the TDSB, we're sort of unique in this, in that we've seen this unbelievable growth, and I think it's because of the. A lot of people like to um, talk negatively about guidance counselors. Right. In the, when they talk about, like, when they talk about the trades and why aren't the students doing this. Uh, They, the focus seems to be like, why aren't the guidance counselors doing this?
1: There's that disconnect again from the instructor too.
0: Yeah. But mm. you know, I'm married to a guidance counselor.
1: (laughs) 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 So you got to tread lightly here. (laughs) And also
0: um, I can say, because I work really closely with them in the TDSP, we Mm -hmm. have, there's, they really do care. Like, and and I would, if I was going to say that there is one group of people that are anti-trades, it's the parents i have to, I'd have to, yeah, for 100%. sure. And,
1: and I've for spoken sure. to kids. I've spoken to kids with parents that were in trades and they flat out told me that they wanted something better for their own kids. They didn't want them to be living that lifestyle, yeah. that hard work lifestyle. And I'm like, that's not right, man. And I've had kids. And I, you know what? And I got
2: to admit, I'm, I was one of those parents. And I think a lot of us are those parents. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, why would you, well, now I have two girls, but there's no reason they couldn't be in the trades. Actually, what, my youngest one did her whole a lot of her renovation, which I was very proud
1: of. But. <laughs> so she, she picked it up.
0: Here's an interesting uh, stat for you. So I went to university. Full disclosure, right? I like I had a good time. <laughs> okay, um, at your parents' expense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's interesting because uh, if you look at the global stats on university, thirty percent of people who go to university, don't finish in seven years, right? 30%. 30%. And that, I think that's a pretty high number, but what's yeah, most meaningful about that is that people with some university experience, like some university education, they're the lowest income bracket. So like it's worse than just having completed high school. Some university. like What this is telling me is that we're, like, as a society, putting too many people on that path that maybe shouldn't or don't want to but we're mm-hmm. not presenting them with enough opportunities when they're younger to make them aware of the choices and you know like even when I went to university I'd, it was like the non-choice going to university yeah. from where I was I, I grew up in Oakville and like our school bragged about you know 98% of our high school students go to university like that's something to be embarrassed about I think because you're just you're, you're, you're like you're, you're pigeonholing everyone into the same to thing go, like, right like and then,
2: in setting them up for failure, if they don't want to go,
1: and uh, am I fair to think that the trade, if you actually follow the path of the trade instead of university, you actually would be a lot higher than that thirty percent. You you fulfill it.
0: Uh, that's actually a really good point, and I think that uh, we were talking about this a little bit at the beginning. There's lots of people who want to try the trades, who who don't want who don't complete. So the right. completion rate of apprenticeship is something that is like studied and. You know we're working really hard on our end to sort of increase that flow through, and we've got some really great projects starting in the summer to sort of help that. But uh, a lot of people start and they get the the feel for it, and then they decide that it's not for them for right. whatever reason. That's so like there's there's a couple reasons why people don't complete. In my opinion, the first is that they decide that this is not the career for them. Why
1: though? Monetary? Like what is no, it? No,
0: I mean so. There's a certain, uh, I mean, obviously you both understand the physical aspects of working yeah, in a trade. Yeah. And if you go from, you know, your parents' basement playing um, Call of Duty to a job site, like <laughs> everything is going to hurt for uh, for like at least two weeks. Yep. You know, Be- while you sort of become... And when you're
2: buying it, still hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um,
0: so there's, there's that, okay. right? And then there's also, I think in i know this for sure in our board we have students who really want to do it like they get a taste while they're in oaf and then they they can't get that next up like their co-op employer may not be ready to hire them because they already have a registered apprentice that they can't take another one they don't have the the connections to jump to another employer and then all of a sudden, they're like, well, I mean, if this isn't just working... just get discouraged, right? Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go get a job at... Shopper's Drug Mart. Mart or Freshco yeah, yeah. or whatever. That's a huge issue. And so, you know,
2: again, sorry, I, you know, when I think of this, I got to jump in. Then why are we short of trades? You know, if we can't give a kid a job, then why are we always saying we don't have enough trades? Okay, I we think, it's, I think it's a
1: misunderstanding. I don't think we're short of trades. I think we're short... Of instructors and employers. No, no,
2: but we're we're always told that we are, the, the country is going to have a shortage of skilled trades.
1: Like Matt, you know about this. In, in five six years, oh. three hundred thousand trades are leaving, retiring. Yeah, and but they're not expecting three hundred thousand to return, new ones. Well, yeah. there's three hundred thousand instructors. Yeah, take one percent of that, and yeah. we're covered. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's true. So what exactly is it like? We're if we have got the kids out there. Is
2: well, it okay? Let's go back to yeah, what we sorry, we're talking I know, about. Matt, so, we're like bombarding Matt with so, a bunch yeah, of questions. Right. Here. So, so no. anyway, so so they get discouraged, you know. The the employer can't take them on right away. Do you think some of them still? Because to me, you know that the blue collar thing that people play on their head that you know, hey, know. you're not this guy. I, you're you're here.
1: I don't know. I I I was just having this conversation where I think that construction I'm sorry well you know what okay I gotta, sexy uh, I think it's a legitimate career okay but
2: hear, hear me out on this one and okay. I just, and I just heard this 12 hours ago <laughs> okay driving home you know with my girlfriend in a car and we were just you know reminiscing about the years past and everything else and uh, and one of her friends you know didn't know she was dating me at the time and her friend was a financial dude does very well. So introduces her to another one financial do, And and he says, Oh, you know, are are you dating? And and she goes, Yeah, yeah. I am, you know. Oh, well what it, well, you know, what does he do? He goes, Oh, you know, he's a he's a builder. Oh, he's just a contractor. Exact words. Those are the words. He's just a contractor. Yeah. Obviously, she was very pissed. Of course. <laughs> right? Of course. I mean, she knows what I go through every day. And, and so, I mean, there's still, that's still out there,
1: man. Yeah. I right? mean, I,
0: I think that that's a real thing. But I think for our students, like that stops them becoming one of our students. That doesn't stop them continuing. Right. You know?
1: So, so there's two hurdles here. Right.
0: Yeah. Like there, and there, that hurdle is a huge one. Like it's, we need more kids in the pipeline. Like right. we're, we're 50% up. We should be, you know, 50%. So how do going. you get the, How do you get the kids to come? How do, you, how do you get them there? In my experience, success, it's like a siphon. We take a kid from like Western Tech. They start their uh, plumbing apprenticeship. Then they have buddies in the year before them and the year before them. And then Better. I'm doing so well. I'm loving my life. All of a sudden, we've got five plumbing apprentices right. at Western Tech. You know, so success is really like... Uh, a very powerful tool in sharing that success. And you're going to see a lot of that stuff coming in our uh, social, the sharing the success. of that's, the program. And that's
2: so true because when I was, you know, I mean, I started at 18, you know, by the time I was, and because I went to Western and studied HVAC or whatever you want to call it, I think I got about a thousand hours off of my apprenticeship. So I was done in four years. The time I was 23, I was a full journeyman. And all our buddies that kind of didn't go our way and went off somewhere else i mean not to boast but i'm going to like there was five of us that went into the different trades we're all driving corvettes we're all got you know and we're all motorheads of course so we got the snowmobiles we got the boats and everything else and we're twenty-three, 24 years old. And these other guys go look like, dude, seriously. Huh? Well, you should have got a job and you know, and, and away we go,
1: right? Yeah. But back so your circle, Jim, you would have had a bunch of guys that all got into the industry right. at different levels. Me, I'm the only one. Everybody that's in my circle is in website design, right. accounting, whatever. But that's right. your generation. That's that, that's the thing. Right. So I'm I'm the nineties kid. doing that so what is it today now so because i i know that i go through lots of guys want a lot of money can't perform for the money that they want Mm -hmm. and then i let them go they don't survive and then i finally found one good guy that's been with me for like eight months now and he's great and i keep on asking him do you have a brother do you have a friend do you have anybody Mm -hmm. he doesn't he's the only one so i think today there's a lot of lone wolves so i guess so,
2: so you know what matt so i guess that's psychology behind it Do you teach these guys that, hey, you got to put the time in? You're not going to drive the Corvette right now. You have to put your time. Because that's what it was like for us, man. It was hardcore, yelled at, made to feel like you were nothing. But you, I mean, you had to have a,
0: (laughs) that's true.
1: The rules of the Ministry of Labour were were built on the backs of him, right? (laughs) But, you know,
0: there's a lot of interesting things that you're saying that um, I hear employers complaining about millennials regularly. Right, you know, and, and this is something that's sort of like, a, it's almost like a cliche. Like, so
1: what are they complaining about? They're on the phone all the time?
0: Yeah. Like yeah. they don't want to work. They show up late. They don't know there's two sixes in a day. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that, yeah. right? Like employers aren't perfect either, right? No, of there's, course a, there's, not. A, there's a lot that employers can do if they want to promote, if they want to really, this is a human resources issue, really, for contractors. I hear all the time that, you know, if you could give me five amazing kids, I'll hire them all right now. This is, we hear this, right? From the perspective of, of where I sit at the table, we need employers that are willing to train. Mm-hmm. And this is, OEP is so powerful because the students come to you, like I'll send you an OEP student, you don't pay them. So they're a co-op student, they're learning, they're sort of hopefully sapping up all that information, getting that experience because you haven't sort of, in, you're not expecting a lot from them because you're not paying them. So you're not going to resent the fact that you're paying them 20 bucks an hour. If you did want to hire them, then they can come in like at you know entry level wage, but they're already somewhat experienced. So, and I think that that's a really powerful thing for, for employers. But then it becomes challenging, right? And I think everybody wants the forty dollar, you know, right couple. The the, everybody wants the forty dollar person who's got you know looking looking, uh, Kijiji or Job Bank for who's hiring. Everybody wants someone with experience, right? Yeah. because it's easier. But then the problem is like, if, if there's one carpenter, then I'm going to pay him $40 an hour and then he's going to work for me for two years and then you're going to give him 41 and then he's going to jump and he's going to go to gym for 42. Yeah. But like what should have happened is that, you know, as I've invested in this person, this person has become more productive for me and more valuable. I should be paying them regularly increases in their wage. Invest in them. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody complains about the hopping. The, the solution to hopping is paying them more and recognizing the value that they... Like, you don't own them. I have you know, to write, those conversations, okay, but I,
2: Right. I agree, I agree. But if they're not performing and they just want the dough and they don't change, if, you've given them warning after warning after warning. We've talked about this yeah. before, and I've, and I've talked about this with, um, with some of my, my own carpenters who are, you know, they're all in their 50s. And they all come up and say the same thing, you know. The problem with with the younger guys, they have not experienced a recession or anything like that. Where hardship, they, where they a hardship. I've been through three of them. I didn't have any backup. Nobody. I can't go run. I couldn't go running to my parents, and I think that's you know part of being a parent too. Part of that's our fault for. You know, okay. Here I'll bring you back to the nest. Take care of you. Don't worry, and all this kind of stuff too, mm-hmm. right?
1: There needs to be well. I want I want to ask some Matt some experience so so as on a, that a, as an employer, right? So before I ask you this question, we're talking to Matt from uh, oh yeah, so www.oyaptdsb.com to get more information, and also Matthew dot at tdsb.com.
0: dot com
1: dot, dot ca. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry about yeah. that. That's Ontario. the email. Yeah. Six, four, seven, four, six, seven, nine, seven, four, four. And then on IG and Twitter, it's OYAP TDSB. That's right. So my question is, like, what do you want from me as an employer? I want to bring on a student on Monday next week. What oh, do you want from me?
0: I mean, the most important thing is that you, you are going to provide some type of educational experience for the student. Like, you, the, the student... My goal for our students going out to OEAP is that they get an experience that make them valuable employees when the co-op is complete.
1: How long is the co-op period?
0: I mean, it ranges most of the time we see it as about five months. Okay. Yeah. And about four of that is actually spent with the employer typically.
1: Okay. Yeah. Now this student is going to have their own vehicle, their own way to get to.
0: This is uh, yeah. So that's a great question. <laughs> this and, and, this, and I'm this sorry, is, like, yeah, no, like that's a, I'm not a
1: carpool construction company. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely.
0: It is a huge barrier. And we see this, like it's very, the problem is very acute in the TDSB. Okay. Right. Because for one, like I have a 14 year old, he's like, when I'm 16, I'm getting a car for sure. Like just get counted on the days. I'm like, okay, perfect. Full, f- number one, parking. Like, where am I going to park your car? I have to deal with like street parking for my car, <laughs> so now I am going to park your car too. Like it's a it's a it's an issue, right? Mm-hmm. So even if you know you can afford an, a, a like a second or third car, where like most people don't have the, this it's, it's not like we smart. live in Oakville. You could park six cars in some yeah. of the parking lots, right? Yeah. It's not like there are very few houses in Toronto where you can you can accommodate a, a third car if you, or a second car, right? So that's one thing. The other thing is that you know not all of the families in the TDSB can, can provide afford it a, can provide a car yeah. for their kid out in peel in york region we see like a much higher level of like driver's license and access to a car when they're going to the trades and that's good i mean we are sort of fortunate in the t- in in toronto that you can hustle around on the ttc yeah like for the most part
1: so if i have got a job in the toronto area east york north or whatever in the core they should be able to get to this
0: job absolutely yeah absolutely.
1: right yeah. They, they find a way to get there
0: well right? if
2: you look at most of the guys working downtown they're all in the subway
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like most of them are right? because it makes more sense because yeah. why bother driving no in place to park. paying for 20 bucks for the day for, sure. for park yeah so it makes more sense that way so okay so what else do you want from me as an employer
0: if i'm finding the perfect employer i want an opportunity on the back end you know like i don't want you coming in and just getting free, free labor, labor and yeah. then, and then you know, someone to sweep and someone to unload the truck. No, no. Like I want, I, you know, in the perfect world, you can hire. Like there's an opportunity for you to hire this kid at the end. So that's the objective. That's my, that's when I'm so, looking for, I want an educational experience that can lead to an opportunity.
1: So here's the thing with me is every person that's worked with me, it doesn't matter what bracket financially they started at or what level of experience they have. I just throw them right in. So I just ask them, have you done this before? If not, then I will show you how to do it. And then I'll let you be with it and you take care of it. And when I talk about that, I'm talking about stuff that's not OBC. So we are not doing the basic waterproofing or the basic anything. Like the idea is that you need to get familiar with LSL. You need to get familiar with LVLs. You need to get familiar with pneumatics. You need to get familiar with all that stuff. And I know that that stuff's not educated formally, right? So if I'm getting a kid, am I going to be okay with, giving this kid a compressor, giving him a nailer and you go to town or is he just going to say yes in fear of not impressing me?
0: There's no prohibition against pneumatics in the T D S V Okay. Teaching, like a, you can imagine as a construction teacher, like I taught construction for, you know, eight years, like Brad nailers, like I, that, those were regular thing. Perfect. Like that's not a big deal, right? Perfect. But framing guns, like they can, it's like a bit of a horror movie waiting to happen. <laughs> right. like yeah. You know, um, so, you I have I have one
1: lesson to tell everybody. Just keep your finger away from the tip of the gun as long as the nail that's inside that gun. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. And I you'll mean, be pretty good.
0: I've had it like, you know, using a framing nailer where the nail comes up. Oh yeah. That's one, why one think, That's yeah. why, right? Yeah. 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 So but that's you know, I think But a framing nailer is not a super complicated tool. Like this is, you know, it's not like... uh, And it's pretty safe. It is pretty safe. But on
1: any construction site, safety should be... I mean, I'm sure you guys go through safety quite a bit. And they're all aware of PPE. And they're very aware. So they should show up already. With their lid, with their goggles, with gloves, with boots. You know what I mean? That's just a mandatory. Yeah. They're not walking in with track pants and running shoes.
0: Yeah, and that's all provided yes. by OYAP to the, to the students.
1: So who's funding this? This is all the government's so paid for this.
0: OYAP is uh, funded by the Ministry of Labor, Training, and Skills Development. Okay. Yeah, and we get a grant from the ministry paid to the school board, and that pays my salary in addition to... Cool you know, all the supports that we offer the students and promotional events and that type of stuff. See,
1: Jim, the Ministry of Labour is a good
2: thing. I was just going to say, so now we (laughs) have to be nice. (laughs) You know, know, I I will
0: say that, um, like, the Ministry is actually listening. Really? Oh, well, like, Monty, the the Minister of Labour, he invited me to his office, and he sat me down in a room with all of his staff, and he asked me, like, three hours worth of questions.
1: Can you do us a solid there, Matt? Can you introduce us and maybe we can do a podcast with the Ministry of Labor and Monty?
0: I, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> is Sophie <Yeah>. still around? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that. I think reason.
1: Jim's on first name basis with yeah. a lot of yeah. them there.
2: Uh,
0: if she is, I mean,
2: I mean it's been a many, many years, but, but I offered, you know, back when, when we had the show and everybody else that I'd be more than happy to, to sit down. And I was asked to come down to her office over something else. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but it...
1: It It might be worth a conversation. It was all positive because,
2: you know, because the first thing she said, you know, she said, Jim, I I really would love your help in getting the MOL's relationship with contractors close the gap. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because we're all here to to work together and, and help each other. So again, that's still open. I would, you know, if I'm, I would be more than happy to, to speak. That way, if they're interested, was. I mean, yeah.
1: I, you never know. It's just worth a conversation. For it sure. might be nice because it's yeah. good that they kind of work with you guys, and we want to work. And we notice that there is a gap. Every contractor out there knows there's yeah. a gap. Sure they, there they put their backs up against the fence when they do show up, and we don't want that. We want everybody to work together. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what we truly want. Like,
0: just yeah,
1: get the relationship there, right? I yeah, mean, yeah.
0: I mean, I don't want to get political, but I do think one thing that's really important to recognize, like the the major shift that's happened, is apprenticeship used to be on the under the portfolio of university like MTCU okay, right right and then they took out training which is apprenticeship and moved it to the Ministry of Labor okay and I think that was a really important move for one because it's you know the Ministry of labor inspectors are going to inspect job sites and they can do sort of two in one they can say you know so who are you like are you registered you're working as an electrician you have to be registered as an apprentice to be doing this is the scaffold safe like is everybody wearing hard hats like they, so they're all, it's the same person doing two jobs now.
1: So going back to being the ideal contractor, wanting to hire one of your students or take on one of your students, if this student is good within a month and I feel confident with them, can I already say that I'm going to hire them in one month or do I have to wait for that whole period?
0: No, you, at any time in like with an OEF student, you can contact the co-op teacher. You have to amend what's called the work education agreement. So one thing that's amazing about OEAP is like and, and this is all co-op, the Ministry of Education pays for the WSIB for the students. I know that one. Yeah. Okay. But if you decide to start paying them, then you have to take on the WSIB as well. Right. Got it. So it's basically you know, at any point if you decide that this is someone that I wanna onboard in my organization, you call up the co-op teacher, you amend the work education agreement, and it's and they're your employee and they're still collecting their co-op credits and, and you know getting You know, stepping up the ladder to completion of the OSSD.
1: Who determines the rate that you want to offer? Is it the contractor or you guys or the student? Or
0: you can pay them anything you want. Okay. Yeah. Like you can not pay them or pay them, and the rate is whatever you determine that they're worth. After the five months, you have to pay them.
1: See, it's really funny, or you can start it sooner by just doing an amendment, right? Right. But it's really funny that I didn't know anything of this, and you got to wonder how many other contractors out there that don't know about this. So, I mean, there's got to be more ways that we can spread this word to get, because I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of contractors out there that want to be a part of this. Yeah. I think not so. not for the free labor part of it, but to actually find that workforce. Because uh, I'm assuming that one of your students is hungry. They want to be in this industry. They are hungry. There's, yeah.
0: There's, I mean, there's a full range. One of the things that I learned early on in teaching, it's a shift in mindset when you go from construction into teaching, is that, you know, you have to meet students where they are if you want to have any connection with them you can't sort of stand at the pedestal and expect everybody to come up to your level right you have to sort of i see where you are let's work like individually with you to try and bring you up to the level where you're ready to go and be successful and in some cases you know the co-op experience can be a meaningful part of getting work ready i encourage employers to sort of you know be open minded this is like education for the student and one of the student may turn out to be your next star employee, or they might decide that they want to go into banking. Mm-hmm. And all of that is valid. Like that whole experience is yep. valid for the student. It's much better for the student. Like I'm thinking of it as from a parent, I would much rather my, my son or my daughter go to a workplace, decide if they want to do it or not. Like, okay, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a vet. Dogs, like, you know, if you, if, if my occupational goal is to be a vet or a doctor or a nurse or a lawyer, go and do a co-op experience there, test it out. It'll You'll save a huge amount of money, sort of, pursuing and, time. A, and time, yeah, pursuing an education where you may not enjoy the occupation. Can I tell you about, uh, we have a couple of, one, one thing that's really interesting in my work is that, uh, so if I just like pull a kid out of a hallway, I'm walking through a school and I say, like, Kate, how many trades can you do an apprenticeship in, like, do you know? No. Do you know? What's All your of guess? them. <laughs> well, what's your guess? How many trades can you apprentice in? Uh, I thought you could oh, only yeah, do same, one. I thought uh, no, like like if you one after another. You mean? Well, no, like at the same know, time. How many trades are there where you can pursue that certificate with? Like, oh, how the many trades yeah. are there? Well, there's many, many more trades.
1: I thought it was only one at the time. Well,
0: one at a time, but there's 144 different trades that you can do, you can apprentice in. Do you know really? the whole
1: 144? Oh my
0: God, no. I mean, I, I, like I have a, a poster in my office where I read them off. Meaningful thing here is that uh, I pull a kid in the hallway, I say, you know, how many trades, like what's what are the trades? They say auto service technician, plumber, electrician and carpenter. That's one of the things that, you know, everybody wants to be an electrician, plumber or carpenter in, in, in the construction world. We have this amazing program called Step to Construction and that program, it was founded by a gentleman named Alvi Moro, and what it, what it is is the students come to his class from all over the TDsb, and they sort of cycle through all the different trades in a high-rise residential construction project, and it's all sort of like uh, the blessing of the unions and the builders, and wow. it's so powerful because the students get a taste of all the different trades, like glazing, uh, like. You know sheet metal like, all that stuff yeah. you know wow. the things that they wouldn't realize that are even are even a thing and then you know we sort of combine that with the accelerated O.E. app that I was talking about before you know the student gets to gets a breadth experience in to construction and then the depth like okay so now you know what you want to do and let's like just put you on the rocket and get you going in that direction There's about a hundred, it's actually 80 kids a year that go through that program and it's been around for 15 years. One of the things that I would love to see is that that program should be in every school, in every school board in Ontario. And the TDSB is the only people who offer that.
1: So how do we get it into high schools, get these kids to, because I'm assuming that a lot of these kids, those 80 kids probably go in thinking, I want to be a carpenter. I want to be electrician, but then they discover glazing or they discover sheet metal and they're more interested in that.
0: Specialize, right? Yeah, you know, it's that's why.
1: Boil down to that.
0: How does that expand? It's a good question. It's a good question. We needs, back to that's the government level. We'll yeah, ask. it needs like someone needs to sort of say this is something that we want to see. But really, the like the challenge and the reason why it's successful, it's about relationships. You know, yeah. Like LV cultivated all these relationships with all the major builders in Toronto, and uh, that's why the program is really successful. Like these are the high rise residential buildings. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, and we could do a lot of work. I think, and this is one of the reasons why I was really excited to come, is getting you know more relationships with builders who are on the resi level. On the res level, yeah.
1: Because yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Okay, is it fair to say that there's a lot more work and effort being put into the high-rise sector versus the resi sector?
0: I'm pro union, 100% pro union. It's really challenging from the OEA oh yeah perspective to navigate unions, and the reason for that is that they all have different rules for like local uh, 46. They won't, like that's the plumber's union. Plumber's union, union yeah. yeah. They won't take OYAP students. Like it's a policy that they won't take OYAP students. And I get it. And the, the reason, you know, as a union, how, why, how and why should they be encouraging free labor as a union? You know, because like I'm a, I'm a union member, I'm getting paid this much. Why does it make sense for me to have an unpaid person while my union brother or sister is sitting at home on and off work list, right? Yeah. So and and all of this is just you, the co, the collective agreements or the like the union agreement has to be modified to accommodate OEAP students. If 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 they want that, the reason why they don't meet us on this is because they have a lineup of people trying to join local local 46. Right. And the same thing with IBW. They have a lineup of people. They have two thousand people for the two hundred spots in the joint apprenticeship but isn't
1: that line getting shorter and they're n- eventually going to need to fill it with new people which means your students which
0: i don't know it's kind mean, of a win-win on both levels then I, w- I would love to see a better relation like a, a closer relationship for uh oh students into union roles but it, it's i think most of the time the students have to be hired by a union company in order to get into the union in some unions
1: yeah there's a little bit of a family kind right, of yeah. thing in there but right?
0: Saying that, look at our end of it—the the
2: small jobs, like the residential end of it. I mean, there's a ton of work. There is a ton. And of work. sometimes more so than the, the high rise. rise stuff.
0: Absolutely, and and they they're sort of booming in different economic cycles too, right? Right. Like things can shift. If you're a union member, I mean, I'm not a union member in the construction world. If there's no work in high rise or like institutional, then you can go residential. Yeah. Like as a, you know, you can. Like, if the union's not employing you, you can work as a private but they, contractor. But they don't like that.
1: Yeah, they don't. Yeah, yeah, I, they, they don't that, that goes back to they have a lot of other members that need right. work instead yeah. of us. But your students, are they more interested in the high-rise or more into in the resi? Or just they're interested in getting into it? They're just,
0: like, by the time they get to the accelerated program, they've all picked a trade, and they want to do it regardless it. of whether it's Where union it is. or non-union. There's lots of students. So that like, the accelerated program is just one of our programs, and that's, like, sort of... It's an amazing program because it it pushes kids very quickly towards their end goal. The specialized program is sort of similar to this. This is at a central tech. And this is a it's quite powerful as well because it hooks the students up. They have a small class and they're taught by like a, a electrician or plumber, and they stay with them for the year and they teach them all like the in-class tech classes, and then they put them out into a co-op environment. And because they've had so much experience Hands with on. like a, a with a hands-on, there's a really high level of interest from the employers, because the employers are like, okay, this this is this is the goods.
1: I gotta ask you, Matt. Like, what's the ratio, female male?
0: I wish it was higher. Well, I
1: mean, we all wish that, but I yeah. mean, do you guys still have? I mean, I know across Canada, what is it? Point zero three percent of the force is uh, is female, but I don't know what it's like at your. In o- Oyap,
0: um like in the non-traditional trades, right? Yeah. Um, we're probably in the 2 3%.
1: Yeah, so you're probably about the average. Yeah.
0: But you know what's interesting? We've got partnerships. We've got a, a great partnership with TTC. And uh, we have another program called Steps to Transportation where the kids get a similar sort of experience surveying the different transportation trades. Okay. And that's with the TTC. But the TTC is like so gung-ho on, you know, upping their stats and getting women that they have agreed to take Essentially, as many women as we can send to them, they will provide them opportunities. So they're like, you know, every electrician that we uh, female electrician that we have is going to the TTC. Every female carpenter, yeah. like they're getting an well, offer. They have, from they the have TTC. everything, right? They have yeah. a sheet metal shop. They yeah. have. Everything. They have it all. Yeah. And uh, but that would
2: all be under the TTC union, right?
0: That's a good question. I actually don't know how that is sliced.
2: Or the other unions. Yeah in there too
1: yeah i sent you that did you get a chance i sent you that article did you read this recently about the government talking about having an increase in trades they're actually going to be conscious about putting uh subsidies or something like that i don't know exactly the details of it but have you heard about this that they're trying to create a program as a a result of the pandemic that they're seeing an influx in construction we want to help the construction so they're going to be actively doing something about it
0: so i mean this year it's really challenging right like because everything is virtual so we're you know the pivot to virtual has been on the one hand really great because it's sort of I can do like I go right into classes and do a presentation for a careers class or a co-op class and now uh, because of like zoom and the technology around that I can be in four different classrooms in four different corners of the city at the same time which is cool the issue that but i mean it's but do you have their focus yeah it's it's a much less engaging presentation when you're not in person right and you can't do anything hands-on and that's a challenge
1: i know that jim and i were two contractors that would be open arms and bring in and mentor and i'm wondering how many of the other contractors out there actually want to do that or do they look at it like this is a headache i really don't want to deal with this yeah
0: so this is a this is one of the things like you know as someone who has run a construction business before like the the last thing that I want is more paperwork and more administrative duties and if I can't see it being directly beneficial to my like bottom line and and you know my feeling of purpose then it's gonna be really hard I do think that the ministry does a great job and they're really moving in the right direction but there's still work to be done in terms of lowering the administrative sort of optics around apprenticeship. Like we've had situations where, you know, this is like a cooking situation. So best restaurant in Canada, Aloe. I don't know if you've been yep. there, Kevin yep. Spadina. They were like, Yeah, we'll take a we'll take a student. That sounds great. And then uh, they get all the paperwork and they're like, we're not taking a student.
1: <laughs> How much just, paper we could do it like what are we talking I about? I
0: mean really it should be a signature. That's all it should be. Okay. But I think they were they were sensitive because the the feeling that they got was that they weren't capable of training in this situation. Like when the reality is that people come from all around the world to stage in their kitchen, you know, and and they they just felt like the ministry was not well welcoming them and giving them the the immediate uh, sort of validation, the validation that they that they really deserve. The someone's office who doesn't know that restaurant they're like who are you i don't see anyone who's got the credentials like really which yeah. is challenging yeah and and i try to do my best you know as someone who's an intermediary to sort of like okay i called up the guy from aloe and i'm like i'll come and do all the paperwork i'll come and sit in your in your do booth it for you <laughs> and i'll do all the paperwork you just have to sign he's like no i'm still uninterested which you know I, I respect. I think that that's that's feedback to the to the system from the business owner that, that we have to sort of you know take and and then and, and, and work with. Right.
1: I want to give it a try. We're going to talk next week. I want to give it a try yeah. and just figure it out. So then I'll know firsthand how much paperwork. I'll know firsthand from seeing a student on my site. I want to give it a try and figure it out. So then I can spread the word as well. Yeah. Do we
2: awesome. have we have a bit of a hard time registering our kids for? Really? To be in an apprenticeship, yeah. They get into apprenticeship. Okay, well, that shouldn't be... It gets done, yeah, but it's yeah. it's a lot of... they. I mean, one of them that uh, is with us now, he gave up twice until he got here, and then we said, look, there should be no reason why you can't get registered, so we helped them, but they make it hard for them. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they're not related to a union.
0: Yeah, so one of the things that... Uh I, like, my prayers really were answered this year. You know, since I sort of moved into the OAP team, one of the things that we were dying for is digital signatures on all the forms. Right, right. <laughs> because, like, we get this, <laughs> we get, you know, we get one set of forms and the co op teacher comes and talks to the employer, and then we have to get the registered training agreement. Right. You know, and then that has to be signed in original, like three copies, original, and, you know, it has everything has to be just so. Like, if they sign in the name, and, and then they put their name in the signature frame, the, the registered training room will get denied. We're now able to do uh, DocuSign. Okay. So we docu sign the forms, like it goes to you, it goes to you. Like click, click, click. It's really three clicks and you're done. We've made huge advances <laughs> in in uh, the the burden of paperwork just in the past like four months. Wow. So that's a big that's step. Good. So we can get a registered training room and signed in... Like a matter of minutes, you know, compared to driving it all across town, getting the parents to sign if the kid's under 18, getting the student to sign and getting the employer to sign.
1: I don't know, but would you be nervous having uh, somebody that's under 18 on a construction site? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I
0: look at well, kids we, today. Yeah, I mean, we, we,
2: we, we had like when we did those co-op students in the summer, I mean.
1: They were under 18, right? Yeah.
2: Well, they were 17, Some were 18. So, the legal
0: age is 16 for construction. For construction. Yeah. They just changed the program description, the program guidelines for OEAP to allow uh, 15 year olds to do it uh, coming from grade 10 in the summer between grade 10 and 11, which is really exciting. But that doesn't apply to construction because to be on a construction even to visit a construction site, you need to be 16.
1: Unless you're the client's kid.
0: Right. But that's
2: back when we went, when I went to school, you know, grade 10 was the, was the, year that i had to figure out what i wanted to do mm-hmm. so i could specialize in hvac plumbing or whatever yeah especially for western right yeah yeah so grade 10 is the year that you pick your trade and then for the next few years that's what you're
1: you're studying you, yeah so you had a challenging year matt and but you still had an increase yeah which is great yeah but now moving forward into the future like we'll get past this pandemic where do you guys see oh you yeah, going where do you want it to see, like some of the changes you want to, to see?
0: One of the things that I would love to see, and uh, we're ho- we, we've got funding for this this year, is uh, job coaches. So this, after the OEF students graduate, they, well, even before they graduate, two weeks about before they graduate, they'll get hooked up with a job coach who's like got knowledge of the trade that's going to sort of uh, bridge the gap between the co-op experience where they're working with the teacher to like life as an apprentice. Um, that's smart it's honestly it's the school college work initiative they're like one of our funders they're sort of ministry of ed and ministry of labor funded they've decided to sort of support this initiative and it's it's really going to be powerful in in just helping and pushing students to make the connections to sort of get going like the ones who want to are going to be able to now
2: so what is the coach have to be a registered journeyman in that in what they're trying to get in you know, the, we, like, does he have like, to be a the, plumber if they're going into plumbing?
0: So that's up to the school board to decide. Okay. And the way we're running it is, uh, there'll be like an electrician doing all the electricians, uh, but then for the other trades where there's less, they'll be working with someone who has experience, but maybe not directly with that trade.
2: But that's what I'm saying. So I guess where I'm getting at, it would you know, like Maddie and I are GCs. Would somebody like us be able to? Oh, to do that, coach role. them.
0: Honestly, like. I would love to engage both of you but not in that role like we would love to have you you know work as a mentor and support our students like but you guys want to do a, a presentation to a bunch of students for sure like in a know I think it would be amazing to get sort of real people with lots of experience who are passionate about the trades your voice is so powerful in motivating and exciting students and I like to do my best to do that, but it, it, it helps to have it from other people who are actually like in it, you know, in it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You
1: let us know. I don't know how you want to do it. We're still trying to present our own <laughs> get together where we want to still stay safe. Right. And, and yeah. we've come up with ideas yeah. about being in a parking lot and staying away from each other. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you let us know when you're ready to do that and, and you bring the kids and we'll come.
0: Yeah. I think,
2: I think it's, you know, I mean, I did a few of those before and, and uh, they're fun. They are fun. And I remember going down to city hall years ago, I was asked to come down and talk to, there's a handful, about 12 to 20 young entrepreneurs. And it was during when I had the show at the time. And I, and I said, well, why do you want me? Like, I don't consider myself any huge business entrepreneur or anything, right? And they go, no, just, you're one. So I went down and I said, okay, guys, just shoot the questions out. Like what motivated you to continue to do what you do? What what drive do you have? What's this? What's that? Whatever the pitfalls, what you know, and, and I just basically just gave them the rundown of what my experience was to that point, and you know what my drive was and, and what my goals were out of it. And you know, most of them got something out of it, and, and a few of them actually came up and said, you know, I think that was really informative, and I like how you how you set goals, even though they might be weird to everybody else, but it's a
0: goal. For sure.
1: How, how plugged in are the students? Are they totally all into the social media and they're down with getting all that information? Because I'm assuming today a lot of them are doing YouTube searches, looking for videos if they want to learn something and they want to pick it up or for they're sure. going on IG doing the same thing. Yeah. So are they when, all?
0: When I interview the students, I, I want to I see the passion. Like I want to see, you know, like, have you done as much research into this trade as you have, like, the latest video game? Yeah. You know, right. Right. Like, are you? Because if because one of the amazing things about you know life in anything right now is you can learn so much from your computer. Like, is yeah. you know there's lots of great people all over the world that are sharing really great information. I look at that all across the world, and I and I know there's so many people that are like you that want to share. But then there's disconnect. Like, where's the disconnect where... Like, I'm not saying you particularly, Manny, but, like, you want to uh, uh, share all this knowledge yeah. with everyone, but you, you know, where are your OEF students? You yeah,
1: know? no, exactly, yeah. So where is that disconnect? Yeah, yeah. that's why I'm saying I'm going to already speak to you next week yeah. about it. All right, so let's plan on doing that, man. Mm-hmm. For I'm sure. I'm done with that, and then hopefully some other contractors that listen will do the same thing. What
2: I got to other... say, though, Matt, I, we lucked out this year. We got... Um... I got one young kid, two young kids. One's 23 and one's 19. And like, it's just been, thank you. You Is that that Daniel's one of them? Daniel and Preston. Yeah. Yeah. They've, uh, they've really impressed me. They're, you know, they're Preston Lords. What's his last name?
0: He was one of my guys.
2: Is he? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's only like 19. So Preston went on as a framer. Yeah. Yeah. So he, so how I met him, he was hanging out with his buddy who's, Dad is my one of my buddies. And I met him a few Christmases ago. And you know, he just came, Matt, which is his uh, his son, came up, said, hey, Yeah, hey, Jim, you know, this is my buddy Preston. And he goes, he, like he, he was excited about it. He goes, and he's a framer. I go, Wow, man, hey, that's cool. <laughs> like, you know, and and I and I, you know, I said, Wow. I said, you know, you're 18 years old and you're doing this, good yeah. for you. Like I was pumped. And then yeah. six months later, my buddy phones me up. He goes, Hey, remember, you know, you met Preston? I go, yeah. He goes, he really would like to come and work for you guys. So he whoosh, took him on. Now, he doesn't have a car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's dealing with that. But he rides a bike everywhere. Pedal yeah. bike. So, is that the same Preston? Who's yeah, like the crazy is, pedal, like absolutely. the bike dude. Same guy. Right. Yeah.
0: So Preston, last summer, not this COVID summer, but the summer before, I took about 25 uh, TDSB students up to Camp Kearney, which is uh, like a, one of the TDSB properties. Uh, it's like a summer camp. They do outdoor education there. And we built a log cabin in ah. like two weeks. Preston was one of the kids that was up there. And then he sort of followed that up. And he started to do the accelerated OEP in carpentry last year, uh, but that was interrupted with COVID. So then he was out, you know, from, from uh, he didn't get to go to the local 27 to do the training. So he was out doing co ops and.
2: Right. I think he's set up now. I'll find out on Monday if he's finally got him set up as an apprenticeship to set him because he's working with all our carpenters, right? Yeah. Our finished carpenters. So he's getting the. now he's got to do the crap, which we've told him. You know, you got to sweep the floors, do this. Sure. But Sure. You know, then you get to work with the other guys mm-hmm. and and learn the uh, and learn the the finishing trade, right? Yeah,
0: and we we try to explain that to all of our students who are coming up, like. When you walk onto a job site, don't expect to do Start anything right. until you can clearly demonstrate to everybody that you can sweep yeah. perfectly. Like if you <laughs> so can, if you can't sweep I, perfectly, I, I then can, you're I, not gonna I get it. I guess with me, it's just
1: I it's a given. I just assume that you know how to sweep perfectly, so I get right into the nitty gritty of it. Man, here right. you go. Here's a trowel. Here's this. Do this. Well, that's amazing. That's all it is, right? And and I like that. I like giving all the because a lot of these kids. Don't get an opportunity to use all the new materials that i like using yeah so then i want to give them that opportunity here yeah. you go give it a try right that's amazing don't talk to me yeah. about scratch coat like we don't do that crap right so yeah. it's like we're doing a lot better kind of stuff
2: like we've had we've had kids for the summer hand the shovel to them and said there you go just move the gravel around over there mm-hmm. and i swear to god like this is no word of a lie they <laughs> Didn't know how to even grab it. No, and, and, we're, and then Darren, who's our guy, he's like 55, 56 years old. He loses his shit, of course. Are you Are you serious? You did you know? And off he goes. So I happened to call. I knew. I knew the kid's mom, and I said, uh, and I told her what happened. She goes, oh, "It's all my fault." I go, "What do you mean?" We never allowed him to, to pick up a broom or do anything like that. Never, never allowed him to. No, we never. No, we just somebody else did it for
1: him. I think I probably picked up a bricklayer's brush before a broom, but then it was quickly after the brush.
2: And then we had, and then we had this this other other guy who was with the landscaper. And I said to my landscaper, "Look, you got to do me a favor, man. You got to take this kid on." And you know, he, he's he's not going to university this year. He's just you know wants a summer job, <laughs> so he gets one day on the job. He texts my landscaper the next morning go, "Okay, look, I, I'll I'll do the job, but I can't come in. I'm, you've worked me very hard. I can't come in until ten o'clock in the morning. This will be my work. These will be my work hours." <laughs> wow. So I <so, laughs> So my last he goes, Jim, here's the text. What do I do? I go, okay. I said, look at it this way. Screen grab it and frame it. You need somebody. (laughs) So at least you're going to get them at 10 o'clock. I said, you've gone through four guys already that just don't show up. And I said, you know, you possibly might get the guy's, you know, parents' house
1: job to do. So I said, you don't do it. That won't happen. Will that happen, Matt? That won't happen, right?
0: Honestly, what I mean, but no. I'm not saying they're from no, no, anything no, no, like that. Yeah.
2: Right. These are right. Just, you know, parents asking a favor. Hey, can you give my kid a job? Well, that goes me? back to right. your,
1: your discussion earlier where you're talking about the parents and the disconnector. Yeah.
0: What I would say is something very powerful about getting fired. <laughs> there is, you know, and I think honestly, uh, like uh, for our co-employers. It's okay. Like I and I, am very upfront. If the student is not working out, gone. Tell them that they like. I would say, in, you know, engage them in the process. Like, you know, don't just say you were late, you're gone, or you didn't do it the way I asked you to do. You're gone. Like, you know, engage them in trying to show them what the right way to do it is. And if they can't listen, then they should be then they this should be a real world. Student. Yeah, yeah. That's right. It. Because, um, you know, sometimes you have to learn what real life is like. And if it's not going to be in a co-op class, it's going to be in your next job. Yeah. And then it's a lot harder to get a job than just to get a co-op placement. Some students, they, they you know, if you show up 45 minutes late for your first day, <laughs> we had that just last week. Like,
1: there isn't going to be a first day. No, I, I personally would turn them around.
0: The, the, the employer did.
1: Yeah, and that's what I would do.
2: Yeah. Just, well, automatic, just shows where your head's at. Yeah. You know, it's not here.
0: I mean, unless you're, uh, unless there's like a, a newsworthy traffic or transit It'd, It'd have to involve
1: leaving. an asteroid and a spaceship, you know what <laughs> I mean, for that to happen. Yeah. No, I would turn them around if that's the case, you know, in even five or ten minutes. But if they're texting me and letting me know, listen, I'm stuck in a little bit of traffic, I'll be there in about five, ten minutes, yeah. then I'll be fine with that. But yeah. if they show up 45... They're not going to have a day, right? That's yeah. just so sad. Because yeah. you're right. That Here's an opportunity for you to now to experience real construction life. Mm-hmm. And that's important, man. So we're willing to give you our time and our experience, and then we should be at least seeing mm-hmm. some effort put, right? For sure. And punctuality has got to be at the top of the list. Yeah has to be, right?
0: Yeah, I've
2: always said to the... I said, look, to the guys, I said, I always try to be... You probably don't know. I mean, you don't have the experience, but just watch, 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 watch. And then once you get into the habit of knowing, you know, watching the carpenter work, you know what his next move is. Just have that tool in your hand or whatever tape measure. Go, okay, hey, Darren, what do you want? What's the, what's the number so mm-hmm. I can cut it? If you're ahead of the game, then... But that takes experience. It just takes... Watching, right? Yeah, I think, yeah. you know, watching is a, being around. You learn. A, yeah, you don't have to actually be doing it, but just watch, watch, watch,
1: watch, watch, right? Yeah,
0: that's and that's the benefit of OEAP, is that you can afford to have someone watching when they're not on the payroll.
1: Right. The second thing I would say is that if I see that individual on the phone constantly oh. during the day... yeah as much as i won't damage that phone because i've heard of stories of contractors grabbing and throwing it it, right (laughs) like i can't physically do that i'm not gonna that's just gonna hurt my feelings too right but i mean if you're constantly on the phone because you need to be timed into your social media Mm. or text or whatever no
0: so what we tell the students is that the only instance where you should have your phone out ever is to take a picture of something that you're super proud of yes and then it Literally. should go right back. And I pocket. encourage that. I yeah. totally
1: encourage that. I mean, like, a lot of the guys will ask me, can I take a picture? I want to show it to somebody that, and yeah. I'm like, please do take yeah. video, do whatever you want. Yeah. You did it. I encourage that.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, uh, but like from a f- actual telephone text, the employer should never even know what kind of phone you have. That's like what you, the, the start. Bring point. it out at
2: lunchtime. If you need to talk to yeah. your buddies, right? Yeah. I yeah. know yeah. little ground rules
1: or,
0: well, I mean, What, I mean, I'm curious to hear what your perspective is on this. Like, what are the essential skills that are missing from people who are coming into your organization? Like, what are the kids missing right now?
1: Drive. Drive.
2: (laughs) Exactly what I was just going to say. hundred percent. Drive. Drive. Attitude.
1: It's the attitude. It's all connected. It's one tree, right? Like, that's the thing is that I've had kids on board my sites that were more interested about the conversations I was having with clients. Than actually doing the work in the back of my mind i'm thinking hang on a sec that's my job mm-hmm. to have that conversation with the client eventually if you're hanging around and we're working together really well I'll teach you that exactly you yeah. will pick up those conversations you will know how to handle a client how to handle their sub trades but for now unfortunately you're going to sweep you're going to move bags you're going to mix cement you're going to possibly lay tile you're going to frame something Mm -hmm. and i will more than willing to educate you on all those things but i think drive and passion and show an interest in it i've had every i've never not once jim said stop asking me questions yeah. I, w- I encourage every single person, young or old, ask me as many questions as you want. I will tell you how I did it. I'm not shy about how I do things. Everyone knows that from social media. I will express 95% of what I do because I still need to keep something to myself regarding public awareness, right? But yeah. um, if you're on the site and you're a kid and I'm trying to educate you, I will show you the trick that I learned from somebody else or I All learned right. on my own. See, so, don't ever, and, and I think, you know, they
2: get the wrong thought is, you know, when we ask them to sweep a place. It's never beneath you. Like if I can walk onto my site
0: and 40, I sweep. 45
2: years later and I sweep and I pick up that broom and I start sweeping. Yes.
1: Everybody just knows I'll just do it. Yeah. Like, and you
2: know, my guys, they'll do it You know, for sure. I still like,
1: pick up the trash can and I still yeah. throw it out. I yeah. still bag the bag and I tie it up and I throw it out. Mm-hmm. I still do all that. Yeah. I mean, the cl- I mean, again, it just boils
2: down to the you know the GC and the company too, like a clean site, obviously safe site. Yes. And, and it just shows the client what kind of work they're getting. You know, when they're asked to sweep, or they ask, then they think it's oh, you know, this job is like brutal. It's not. It's just really what can you take? No job is really beneath you. Every job is important.
1: Right? Here's a question for you, Jim, and I'm just wondering, Matt, if you like, I, I've seen this a lot lately where. Some of the younger guys will stop noise if there's a client meeting happening, and I'm of the mind where don't stop, keep on working. We work around your noise. We'll walk away from that area. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I think it's I think it's good. I mean, if they, you know what? Stop if there's work, a ra- if there's a radio going,
1: get turn it down. No, the radio goes down. But if a compressor kicks in, or if the nailer's going, like, do you want the guys to stop? Depends what time you walk in. So what our guys will do if
2: they, it's usually we'll, you know, if, if we walk in with the client, and again, they are our carpenters, they're older and they'll go and look at the other guys and go, okay, you know what? They're going to be here for about 15 minutes. Let's take an early break. Got it. Shut it down. Time it that way. And let yeah. them walk through so we're not yelling, right? And that's just... Yeah, it's just common sense,
1: I think. It's nice etiquette for the it's, students. It is, yeah. To understand yeah. that, because I, I see that sometimes there's unannounced meetings with clients yeah. and they'll show up and then there's noise going on. And but I there's notice... the opportunity.
2: Yes. Okay, I can't shoot, I, I can't work my nail gun anymore. Pick up the broom.
1: Yeah, Th- that's out. exactly what right. happens. You start seeing organization stuff going on at the corner of your eyes, right? Yeah. Which you want to take advantage because you know that you don't want to make the noise to disrupt the meeting. But also, like you said, it might be an opportunity to take an early break, go out, and then check your phone. Mm-hmm. Then do that. Bathroom and you desk. know what? another thing, Matt. Matt I, think, I, I think you should, you know, say to them,
2: always look busy.
0: <laughs> right or when the client comes in. Yeah. No, no. Even when like.
2: If you've run out of something to do, just go back and sweep that corner. There's always something to do. There's always something to do. Like in my head, if I go in and see somebody doing something instead of standing there doing this with their phone... Mm But if they're walking around, you know, and they go outside, clean up the up, you know, and I'm always using cleanup as an example,
1: but I don't mean it, but organize,
0: you know, organize, organize, yeah. you know, organize initiative.
1: Right? Yes. Right. About. Just yeah. thinking ahead. And then I also like giving everybody a heads up on if we are going to go outside or inside so you can prepare for it because not every day you dress for certain weather. Yeah. Right. So whatever, if it's gonna rain, then just be prepared that we do have to fix this termination on a roof or something like mm-hmm. that. So just be prepared for a rain jacket or a hoodie, something, right? Yeah. I I kind of give them a heads up on that too, because I wanna, I'm the kind of guy where like I'm gonna be out there too, man. So I wanna bring what I need to bring to be out there to be comfortable. For sure. So that's another thought, yeah.
0: Okay. Do you teach them safety and all that stuff too? I mean, this is and this is this is one of the challenges because OYAP, like in the in the broadest sense, is just doing a co-op in a skilled trade there may be there's definitely like we have over a thousand OEF students in the tdsb at any time right so i don't have like face to face with most of them that is done by the co-op teacher who you know they give them women's like if they're going to a construction site they all get working at heights so
2: but they got all that okay.
0: but but oh i will say that you know like the co-op teacher also has like bankers and nurses and it's not a construction focused, right okay I see what like you're class. Saying. Yeah. so yeah. they're you know in in most cases uh, like the we have great co-op teachers in our board and some of them have had years of experience like 25 years doing this so they know exactly what the student has to do we there's a wide range like you know you're, the, you're gonna get in some cases an employer would get a, a regular OEF student who doesn't have like actual training okay. right. You know, that should be communicated to the employer that the student is kind of green, but they they should have at the very least like a strong interest.
1: Yes. Right. That's where the drive is. You know, that's got to be key. Because then it's also, it's a two-way street. Like, I mean, why do I want to give up all this information mm-hmm. to somebody who's not really interested in being here? Oh, for sure. But are, do you guys send them a doc on, on the PPE, on the safety and everything, so they can at least have that? Because there's so many kids that... Oh, they, yeah. They all get, they like, all get PPE,
0: that, right? all that stuff. Like, okay, cool. It's hard for a co-op teacher, in some cases who doesn't has never worked in the trades... Right, to, to really understand to, it. ...to be able to convey the complexities of site life.
1: Here's a question for you about the kids, or whatever, yeah. know, about the students. What if are do, are they well educated enough to know that if an employer wants to put them in a dangerous situation, yeah. that they'll say, "I'm not comfortable with that." Yeah,
0: every co-op student would get like the rights Perfect. of an employer Perfect. or rights of an like the employee rights. Because I don't want
1: anybody whatever. to be taking advantage of them. Going, no, you go up there and take care of it, or you go down there and take care of it. Right? Sure. Like, no, no, they yeah. got to be safe about it. Still, absolutely. Okay.
0: I mean, we don't. Uh, I can count maybe. On one hand the situations where a a co-op employer is asking a student to do something that the student doesn't feel safe doing yeah and most of the time it's a communication issue yep it's not that the like and it, it often is about what I mean the student like they get that feeling and they are right to say okay I don't feel comfortable doing this but that's not a right to refuse unsafe work yeah you know there's a difference between I don't know what I'm doing. I can't go do that. Like, does it... It's the in understanding some cases, of it. Yeah. 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 And that's a good thing. Like, I try and, you know, for our students, I try and cultivate that. Like, if you have that weird feeling that something bad is going to happen, that's probably... <laughs> it's exactly going to happen. You know, like, you should put the brakes on yes. and have a conversation. Yes. And, 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 you know, make sure that it's safe. Like, sometimes all it takes is a conversation. Like, I just want to make sure that I'm understanding the situation clearly. And you're, if you're saying it's safe, you're an experienced person and most co-op employers are, they're not going to put their like that's the last thing any employer wants no, is they to don't put want the a, a co-op student getting injured yeah. on their site like right. that's not going to no one needs that
1: I'm curious I know that you've got Ontario covered but how's the rest of the country doing with this
0: Generally uh I mean I can't be I'm not an expert Yeah I'm just on, curious on other problems, yeah. but I know BC they do great work Okay. Great work. That's
1: what I've heard too. I've heard they're they're just as good, there, if not.
0: There might be. Uh, there's a lot of things that you know. If I'm looking for a particular document about safety, and I, BC pretty much has everything that we have. If and and they have it probably six months before we do. They're ahead of the game. <laughs> yeah, I think they are. But you know, w- w- things are moving in the right direction. Yeah.
2: Host Quebec. So what? Sorry.
0: Well, you know, what's interesting. One of the things that I have done in my um, tenure as a teacher is uh, the skills competitions. I don't know if you've heard yep. about those. Yep. So I was the chair of like the TDSB competitions in like home building, carpentry. And I was the chair uh, at the Ontario level for individual carpentry. What's interesting about Quebec is they have a huge, like huge number, they at the skills competitions. So they're doing something really right. I don't know what it is. It is. <laughs> they never tell us. <laughs> yeah. But they're doing something right.
1: There's there's a huge force there. There's a huge yeah. construction force. But it's a, I
2: mean that's that's a big union. Yeah,
1: uh, town
2: town right I mm-hmm. mean,
1: province. Yeah, because we do have a lot of listeners in Quebec as well, and I'm curious. A lot of skill, A lot
2: of really good skilled trades yeah. do come out of Quebec. I yeah. Mean, when they come here and work. These guys know what they're doing. They've been trained well, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Sorry, Jim, I interrupted you. What were you? Yeah, no, ask? I was
2: gonna ask. So, when when these students are with their teacher, are they in full dress of you know their boots, their PPE, and all that kind of stuff? Like when they're being taught in the
0: classroom? Oh, in no. the classroom? No, no. Like they we the the expectation is the students like have all of their. Their gear for the site that they wear to the site, and then they just wear regular street clothes. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. They would wear street clothes. I mean, to to the classroom? Oh yeah, for sure. But you know, we do get students, and you you know that there's something really interesting happening when they're wearing the safety boots every day to school. Like these kids are are really determined. Well, that's why I say it. Like I I would think, like in a
2: carpentry or or a plumbing course. Anything can drop on your foot, you should oh, at oh, least have right. the right, right. Sorry.
0: Yeah, so there's two different things. I thought you were talking about co op. Oh, okay. So, when before they go out to site, right. they are in a classroom learning about like Wemyss and right, you know, right, 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 you know, but okay. they're
1: wearing their safety.
0: But when they're um, so in a tech ed classroom, obviously, there's there's you know, everybody's wearing safety glasses. Okay, yeah, that's that's um, that was my question. Yeah, so. but they're uh, interestingly. Like in a construction shop, the students just have to wear closed-toed shoes. They don't have to right. wear steel toe.
1: We covered a lot. Did we cover everything or did we miss anything? I,
0: I, one thing I missed is sure. I missed saying that we have a great partnership with the Brick and Stone, the Ontario Masonry Training Center. Okay. I, when I listed our trades, I forgot that one. And we have four students starting there on Tuesday. Because that's
2: yeah. the dying one, right?
0: Well, this is the thing, right? It,
1: that's the aging one because
0: yeah, the average like age like Mark, is 57 yeah. or something.
2: Yeah. No, they're yeah. All, all trades, I think, are the average ages in it's, that range. Yeah.
0: I, I think it's a really exciting time to get into that field. Uh, because so. you know there's so many really advanced expert people and they re- they're just looking for the next person to to, to well they're going to be gone with. soon right yeah. the guys
1: that can actually teach the, these the problem is that the moment you show a student a 12 inch concrete block <laughs> that's one of thousands that need to be laid yeah it's a hard trade
0: it is a hard trade but you know it's uh they're not hand-bombing block-up scaffolds anymore. No, no,
1: they're not doing that, but you're, if you eventually you're going to become a lay, you know, a layer, mm-hmm. you're going to be handling 12-inch yeah. at some point. Yeah, for sure. If you start getting into restoration work, you're going to be handling even heavier stuff, stones yeah. and granites, and it's a hard trade. It is a hard trade, and I think he needs a special person to be in that trade. Yeah. I don't know how you convince... I'm still surprised that Mark, who's in his 30s, he's the one that had the foresight to find out that that's what I want yeah. to get into. Yeah and he he works hard he -hmm. works hard for a kid
0: if i was gonna do another trade in construction that would be probably the one that i would do really yeah
1: you ain't afraid of it huh my dad was a mason and i was afraid of it really oh yeah i was totally afraid of it yeah
0: i mean i like so i wouldn't want to lay (laughs) bricks i wouldn't want to lay like a a block building Yeah. yeah but i mean i think there's there's a uh there's an artistry. Oh. And and uh um, you get
2: into the stonework? Oh, it's beautiful. It's yeah. you're going to be able to name your own
0: name your price. Yeah, yeah.
1: at that point yeah. you can charge whatever you want.
0: Yeah. That I mean, but I think, you know, if I retire and I still have the physical ability, <laughs> you'll see me like dry dry uh stone walling around mm, my yeah. head. <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Any other questions you got, Jim or no, I think it's been a good yeah, show yeah i know it's, it's a lot of stuff that i didn't know about and, and definitely going to be uh, talking to you more matt about other things that we want to do and definitely pencil us in man for when we want to if you want us to be there and we'll guest speak and awesome. we'll talk to any anybody that you want us to talk to
0: just one more plug the, sure the uh if you go to oh slash yeah, employers you can sign up to be part of our OAP advisory committee Perfect. which I would love to see, um, you know, the people in residential, like non-union. I, we we want to hear More. what we can do to serve you and and give our students opportunities.
1: So we'll sign up and you guys send us newsletters or just get us we're, our we're, feedback? We're going to
0: get you to, like, there's a sort of um, interactive session that we're going to do in April. Okay. Yeah, so sign up. That's we'll, good. Get, we'll get you, nice. uh, you know, feedback and... So well, you know, I mean the good
2: thing for me is like now I will I will let all my trades know that here's a, here's let's a bring place where in. we where we can yeah. where we can uh, you know, get our next apprentice. You know, at least, at least give them a shot,
1: right? Just just send Darren to a little bit of... Uh, <laughs> at a good school or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what school he would have to go to <laughs> no, or something just to kind of not roll his eyes or something. But no, no, no. no th- his guys are all solid guys, right? Uh, okay, so Matt, www.oyaptdsb.com. That's right. You'll find out a bunch of information there. And then your email again is matthew.bradley at tdsb.on.ca. That's right. And then your phone number is 647 467 9744. And on IG and Twitter, it's at OYAPTDSB.
0: That's right. There's one more site that. Go ahead. If you're not in the GTA, OYAP.com is the provincial site. Okay. And if you're an employer and you don't want to go through me, from not in the GTA, you can hook up with your um, OEP coordinator in your area from the oyap.com website.
2: So one more, I got one question. Have you, and maybe you answered this, have you brought in tradesmen, like let's just say like Darren and guys like that who are like 55 years old, even though they're gruff as hell, have you ever brought them in just to let them stand in front of your 40 students and and let them just say it the way it is how you know what it was for them what it was like for them as an apprentice and and you know and I mean open the floor up to questions I mean I think it'd be a, would that a intimidate big, them or would that educate them I think it'd be a good education I mean it would be what do you call it? it it would be raw it'd be raw that's the word I mean it would be raw
0: so if it's like let's just say if it's safe for work then I can set it up you know there's two ways to do this. If someone wants to connect with their local school they can, and the, the school has tech, then the tech teacher could facilitate that in a really simple way. If you wanted to do it in a larger platform, like contact me, I can set up like a board-wide like Zoom session, we can take a thousand people and we can do like, you know, you talk, do a Q&A. It's super easy for me to do.
1: That'd be interesting, huh? Well,
2: I'm just wondering if it would
0: if it would help
1: Help with well, the, with yeah, the because I think, that's I think Jim all. and I both find that a lot of people talk about all the positives, but not, not a lot of people talk about the real. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as much as that, there's like five or ten percent is the bad, like you know, certain things, well, that you it's go not even through, bad, it's just, it's just real life, yeah, it's just you know, that's the, all yeah. it is. But yeah. are, are they aware of that side of the business?
0: We try, it's not something that, uh, like I try to promote the positive things as best that I can, yeah, for sure, because I think, you know, as a whole our society needs to hear more of the positive to balance out what they already suspect is the negative.
2: And that's where I, and that's what I meant by it. I mean, sure there are okay a little bit of negative, but the upside is far superior than anything else. Right. Like I think the reason
1: we want to express the negative is because you want to educate them not to make those same mistakes. Right. That's just the bottom line. So to prepare yourself for it. So then you won't get into that scenario that we were, confronted with
0: totally yeah that would be amazing yeah and we i can set it up with our like construction accelerated students we can do it next week if you want to have a talk with them yeah
2: you know what i mean if they're getting ready to go out there and say hey guys you know what this is what i went through when i went you know I'm sure it was 100 years ago but you know <laughs> you know what i mean Century right? man. And, but i i to be where i where i think they get the most out of it is q a yeah because i can okay. come and you know I, you and i can go and talk about our experiences but it's when you get the individual hey what about this
0: Uh-oh. yeah
2: yeah i remember that happened to me are they time.
1: intimidated to ask questions from people that have been in the business or are they kind of embracing it
0: there's a lot of different things happening like zoom zoom you know is the is the platform that we use to like teach yes. students right. right now in the virtual world sometimes it's really hard Like, sometimes, like, I had to sub in uh, Shannon, who we were talking about earlier. She's Shannon McLeod. She's, like, the one responsible for our website. Right now, she's teaching the level one uh, carpenters, like, a pre-apprenticeship course before they go to do the the class. I was in there teaching, you know, the level one students before they go. I'm, like, you know, saying my bit. I'm pretty funny. I'm being engaging. I'm looking at a screen that all all black. (laughs) They're all black with their names. No (laughs) one's mics are off. I'm, like you guys hearing any of this? I like, know. Uh, it, it, it,
1: that would be tough. That's that a tough one. It's tough. in person is a lot more. So I, that's See, when I
2: say all thing. this, I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, no COVID that I've, you know, we've got 40 kids right in front of us that we can do. You know,
1: can we know, do it yeah. outside somewhere? Like get a parking lot or yeah, I don't like know. Like I'd rather you know be in Probably person. in,
0: in this later summer. No, right? no. Like
1: in May or June or something like I that. Mean,
0: anything is Like as long as we're following the public health. Yeah. yeah like, do everybody
1: stays yeah. six to 10 feet apart from each other. We'll be standing up there and we'll have a microphone and a speaker and we just talk.
0: Yes. And I also like the idea of doing it for, like there's... You know, while you do have those black squares that you're looking at of like the kid's name, and you don't see their faces, right. there's also the fact that you can reach everybody in the True. system, and they don't have to drive across town to meet right. you. Right, right, and, right, right. You know, both of you know about driving. You know, in Tro- it's it's very sure. hard. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then, you know, the positive thing that you know COVID has shown us is that we can pivot to a virtual world. And is it engage- Is it as engaging? not even close like it's But you know this, what let's
1: give it a try Jim Yeah. let's give it a try and well, just just see how it works to that out YouTube stuff that
0: we that's do, exactly right? Yeah, yeah right yeah. so
1: even if you get the thousand kids out there the students out there and, and you get two thousand or three dozen asking a bunch of questions mm-hmm. the others are going to overhear those answers and questions as well so for then sure. it's going to benefit them so let's 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 plan on doing this man I love it no that's great I'm totally game for that yeah no it'd be good I got one last segment you know this deal right sure 12 questions of construction okay I'm curious about these actually myself. I never get any of them so. <laughs> What do you thought? No, this isn't a right or wrong. This is just a personal question. Oh, right. Yeah, I see. What is your favorite construction word, Matt?
0: Oh, apprenticeship. (laughs) (laughs) What
1: is your least favorite construction word?
0: Let's see. That's a hard one. Maybe. Government. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no, no. no, no. I'm don't say stir the pot. No. I just don't like no. No. Right. No. Okay.
1: No is good. It's true. What turns you on in construction?
0: There's like lots. I mean, the opportunity is amazing. Like for, for people getting into it, opportunity.
1: Opportunity. What turns you off in construction?
0: That stuff with the noose, you know, on the construction site that we saw, you know. Yeah. That's very bad. <laughs> I don't like that. Oh, that's it. Yeah,
1: no, it's <laughs> favorite curse word or phrase, but you don't have to say it because I'll beep it out. <laughs> okay, all right. That's actually one of my favorites, man. Jesus, Why does <laughs> mom always get involved?
0: <laughs> it has nothing to do with her. <laughs>
1: uh, what is your favorite car, truck, bike, vehicle?
0: I'm um, oh, probably a sailboat. Hmm.
1: Oh, oh that's a first. What? Any particular?
0: Like I grew up sailing dinghies. I like an i fourteen. Laser. Yeah, I don't have a boat right now, but uh, that's the future.
1: I see it coming. Yeah. Least favorite car, truck, bike, vehicle. Uh,
0: I'm not a pickup truck guy. No, neither am I. Yeah. He drives
1: one. He's not happy with it, but he drives one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll just tell you why I'm not a pickup truck. No, no,
1: no. So you're just not a pickup truck. So that's your least favorite vehicle. I
0: just feel like as a, it's like sort of. It may be good on the farm. But in construction, like if you can't put your tools in the back of somewhere and go in and grab a coffee and go to the bathroom with someone to then what are we doing here?
2: It's kind of we're forced, or we're just, people just look at us. If you're in construction, you should just have a pickup truck. Or a sprinter. Or a sprinter. That's why, why, you know, when you do pull up in something nice, they look at you and they frown upon you that (sighs) he's making too much money. Why is he driving that? he or she
1: yeah so what <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you love
0: i like the sound where you plug uh in fully powered uh, pneumatic hose into a framing nailer that that will... not the click the yeah it's yeah, like yeah, where yeah. The... when it
1: when it fills the hose up yeah yeah i love that sound too man what construction sound or noise do you hate
0: well grinding on metal is
1: really tough what profession other than your own would you like to attempt i think you mentioned Uh, it. mason yeah mason huh uh what profession would you not like to attempt
0: i would not want to be a public health official right now
1: yeah that's a tough one and the last question if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates
0: Can you fix my squeaky step? (laughs) (laughs) Matt, thank you very much. Jim, this was a great show,
2: man. This was awesome. This was awesome. And and
1: I know that we've had a lot of guys on the show that have gone through the program and they've spoken highly of it and they really praise it. So we want to continue doing that. And whatever we can do to help, we're going to help. Awesome. So honestly, everybody yeah. check them out, www.oyaptdsb.com, matthew.bradley at tdsb.on.ca, 647-467-9744 on IG and Twitter, oyaptdsb. And the last one was oyap.com, right? Yeah. Oyaptdsb? Just Yeah. That's it, man. I think this has been great. Yeah. So, and, and, and all the other you
2: know, GCs listening out there.
1: Guys. Now we know
2: now we know where we can get our
1: apprentices. Let's let's help with the disconnect. Yeah. That's all it sure. is, man. Okay. Thanks again, Matt. Thank you. Thank you.